I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So welcome to another edition of Face to Face. It's a beautiful cold morning still here in March and uh, just outside of Toronto and, and our uh, guest uh, with us today is somebody I, I know you're going to enjoy. She's full of life, full of passion. Um, Grace, thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, David. So Grace Attard lives in, in, in Oakville. She's been working with, uh, inspiring is a better word, I think I was going to say working, but she's inspired, been inspiring leaders and uh, business folk and entrepreneurs for quite a few years. She was a creator of uh, eSpot, and she's uh, the new chair of tech. And I'm going to let her tell, uh, uh, she's going to tell us a little bit more about uh, that. She hosts a daily, blo- a daily blog called The Daily Grace, which we're also going to get into. And uh, yeah, again, Grace, thanks for joining us. So, so your, your bio says, full out compassion, full out competence, full out courage. Uh, t- tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, I think it's years in the making, David. Um, I think, you know, I, I grew up uh, Asian background, I grew up in Hong Kong, and uh, if you know anything about the Asian culture, I, I lived in, a, in an environment where I was um, born with a plan already, you know, <laughs> I was born, <laughs> born to, uh, to follow a certain pathway, and um, 
you know, not until my mid-30s did I realize that uh, there, were, there were lots of options outside of this, this pathway that was, that was set out for me when I was younger. So um, I spent a lot of my earlier years, uh, and certainly not complaining about any of it, but uh, in, in an environment where I, uh, I didn't show a lot of my compassion, I, wasn't, I didn't need to be very courageous, um, I don't think. Uh, were you, were you and, just, just sort of like following the herd? Or, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you're, you're supposed to be either a doctor, an accountant, or a lawyer uh, yeah. coming out of school, and all my, all my parents' um, kids went, you know, abroad to boarding school from Hong Kong. So, um, you know, we, we had our path set out for us and uh, had, you know, many um, structured opportunities within that path, but... Um, I didn't know that I had as much creativity and as much mm. courage and mm. as much compassion as I did until, you know, not not until about 10 or 15 years ago. Wow. So um, so my life has been quite the whirlwind for the last so, 10 or 15 years. So, Grace, what did, so you say you didn't know you had this until um, about 15 years ago. Is that be, Does that mean that it was already there, that it was something that was Developing, uh, you know, while you were becoming a doctor, an accountant, or a lawyer, and then you, <laughs> and then you just discovered it, or or is it something that you've been kind of working on all, all along? Um, no, I actually think the former. I think I, I just discovered it. It was um, it's that feeling you have when uh, you are somewhere and it's full of life, and you still feel empty in the middle. Mm. Um. I think it's, for me, it's the, the feeling of um, being in a crowd and feeling lonely. You know, right. I, I was in many situations where I just didn't feel like I belonged there. Um, and not until I started my own business and not until I, I began sort of coaching and consulting and, and working with people from a, from a deeper level and also from an up, what's possible level did I realize um, what can be created from that space. So um, that's kind of where my journey began, maybe 10, 10 or 15 years ago. So uh, what shocking for me and, and, and uh, fascinating in terms of the impact that it's been able to make on me and for others that I've been working with. What do you learn from... Um Working with so many uh, business leaders, what do you? What do you, I mean? I, this is a huge question. Obviously, the list is probably long and endless. But what are some of the things that bubble to the surface right away when I say so? So, what do CEOs teach you? What to not so much what you teach them, but what are you taking away from those kinds of conversations? Oh, that CEOs are human. Right. <laughs> um, we, you know, we are so we are so uh, woven from the same cloth, regardless of title and regardless of rank. Um, there is, um, there is struggle and there is pain. Uh, there's a common, um, there's a common way of being that, uh, that we all have. And regardless of the leadership title or position that we have, um, there are still struggles with self-confidence, with belongingness, with rejection, with shame, with being vulnerable, with finding courage, you know, all of those things are common for, for all of us. And, and so uh, to answer your question, I think CEOs and business leaders are no different. Um, I think the expectation is even higher for them. So 
being able to provide a safe space for conversation and to push through some of those limiting beliefs and, and, um, and tough navel-gazing self-conversations right. um, is, a, is, a um, is a real gift to, to be able to, to do that work. So I feel very privileged. I remember a friend of mine who uh, I would call pretty wealthy said, you know, when he first made his money some 35 or 40 years ago, uh, it was amazing how smart he became. So, How true. yeah, so all of a sudden, all these people are knocking on his door. Hey, can we get together? What did you do? What did you learn? And so on. And I guess his point is, is that, hey, you know what? A lot of luck came into this as well. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I do. I kind of know what I'm doing and I was well schooled and so on. But you know what? Some things fell into place here that I really had nothing to do with. And I wonder sometimes when you mention, you know, that, that, that level of expectation uh, that we put on people. You know, people in leadership roles or CEOs or people who write books and so on. Um, I wonder if they're kind of thrown into it uh, in a way that that um, they're not prepared for. They they don't they don't really have the goods to be making ten million dollars a year, but all of a sudden they are. Well, it's funny. You know, you think you hear a lot about mindset and skill set, and I think oftentimes you know entrepreneurs or or whoever has a gift, uh, whether they're a shoemaker or a baker or a cupcake maker, um, they have this phenomenal skill and that's where their passion lies. Yet, in order to lead an organization and to lead a business, a whole pile of other skills need to be um, built. So, you know, I understand what your friend's saying. I, you know, I got smart over time. Well, that's, I think that's just part of the learning. Um, I also, you know, going back to your question around um, you know, what have I learned from CEOs? I, I have learned that there is a common um, underlying uh, uh, characteristics, I guess, hmm. that I see in the most successful hmm. entrepreneurs. Okay. And okay. I would say their, their way of giving uh, and serving is so apparent to me. And, you know, Oftentimes, certainly when I was younger, I heard a lot about, uh, there were lots of myths or beliefs around um, people who got rich were crooks or, you know, um, can't trust those guys who make lots of money. And, you know, and and in my experience, the the individuals that have made um, financial success and abundance in their lives and in love and family, they are people who are the best givers. So and are I they, do, Grace, are they also, the, would you say they're also the best CEOs? Uh, yes, because they have built the team around them because they've known what they're phenomenal at and they focus on that and they delegate the areas that are needed but not their skill set. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So these people are not superheroes. They, they understand, there's a, there's a, and I would imagine this is kind of what you help them with. I would, I would think. I mean, on some levels, you're you, you call yourself a coach, but frankly, uh, I think you're probably a bartender. You're a you're a hairdresser. <laughs> you're a psychiatrist, right? You're mm-hmm, somebody that mm-hmm. actually builds a certain amount of trust with these folks, and you're you you commiserate, you listen, and and uh, I would I would I would think that's a big part of your job, building trust. And so um, when you say that uh, these 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 people uh, delegate this this you, uh, to me that reeks of self awareness right 
you've got to know yourself. And in order to know yourself, you got to be able to talk honestly. And I, I would imagine, I mean, maybe, maybe that's where you came up with the name for your blog, The Daily Grace. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to find a little piece of grace in each day. That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, yeah, grace with yourself. I think, um, no, I appreciate you saying that. I think uh, perhaps another area alongside of building trust is um, sort of the concept of uh, being an imagineer with my clients. Hmm. You know, working with them and, and seeing what else is possible. Let's imagine um, what what could happen here. And I, you know, I think back to the the TED talk that you did, David, around wonder. You know, right. I wonder what would happen if. Yes. Uh, and just having that sort of mindset around um, being curious and looking at what's possible, because our our world, unfortunately, um, gives us lots of opportunities to see what's not possible. Yeah. Um, and so I, I hope and I, I believe that I, I do uh, love the area of working and creating about what's, and redefining what's possible for, for my clients. I want to go back to, uh, we'll, we'll hop around here a little bit, but you mm-hmm. talked about your life kind of being, you were born, you were born with a plan and, <laughs> and, yeah. and obviously not your plan. Um, parents, family, uh, culture, um, mm-hmm. you know, school teachers, etc. Your friends, even I would imagine, it becomes very ideological. I would imagine, in some respects, it's 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 cultural, but it goes even deeper. If that makes any sense, um, mm-hmm. you're you're not you're not a person if you don't do X, Y, or Z. Um, how you know you discovered it? Was it a, an epiphantic kind of moment? Was it a spiritual uh, rooftop, mountaintop experience? Or was it just gradually over time, you know, your reading, your conversations, your, uh, as you developed and matured, you said, holy smokes, this is not right. This isn't me. I'm, uh, I, I, the world is full of opportunity here. Um, sure, it happened over time. Uh, and I think the beginning of that time was probably pretty unconscious for me. Hmm. Um, I, I remember when I was 15, I went with a girlfriend uh, in Hong Kong to a fortune teller. Okay. And, and, you know, it's a Chinese fortune teller who reads your hands and reads your face. And the only thing I remember this fortune teller telling me, she looked at my face and she says, oh, you will work very hard until you're 35 and then you won't ever have to work again. Hmm. And I thought, huh, that's, that's interesting. And so, you know, it's the only thing I remember uh, from that conversation growing up. And I remember on my 35th birthday thinking all the crazy things, right? Like, you know, right. somebody's going to die. And, oh, well, I'm I gonna, see. Yes. Not, not you know, the like, positive things. Yeah. Not the positive things. <laughs> I thought, well, what's going to happen this year? Yeah. And so what ended up happening is I started my own business. I became an entrepreneur and I began doing work that I loved and that work didn't feel like mm. the traditional mm-hmm. sense of work. So, um, so was there a moment? Maybe that was the year, the moment. Um, I I have since been so privileged and honored to do work that I love. I love writing my blog. I love witnessing uh, people get out of their own way um, right. so they can achieve something more awesome in their lives. That um, should be the title of your book: helping you to get out of your own way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We are big obstacles. We really are. Yeah. We find and dodge dodge ourselves into the most precarious positions that we have to climb over. So um, I uh, I think that was the year. It was a year of realizing that, wow, that, wow, you can do work that you love and, 
make meaning and be successful all in one go. So um, I want that for everyone. Do, do, you, do you find that um, a lot of the people that you end up coaching, spending time with and so on are in positions that they, you know, come out of a similar sort of background that you came out of? Uh, wow, I'm 42 and I just realized I've been doing something that I hate for 26 years. Or um, do they, do, do, do you, or, or would you say the majority of people are doing what they love? Or is there, you know, maybe a shift coming in our culture? I mean, I, I, you know, my dad, I don't know that he loved what he did, but he certainly enjoyed it. And he mm-hmm. did it for, I don't know, 40 years. You know, the same mm-hmm. thing. You know, he worked with the mm-hmm. same company. They were bought out three times. Um, you know, probably had the same desk, you know, for, for mm-hmm. many years. And yet I don't see that happening today. Not, not in the same way anyway. No, I mean, I really do think that the time of having the same job for 35, 40 years is way past now. Um, you know, I, I would say in, in my past and current client base, um, most of the people that I work with have chosen, their, have chosen the work that they're doing now. Mm-hmm. So uh, very few of them are in that I hate my job. Right. I want to get out of it position. So I, I tend to work with individuals who have, are passionately in the place that they want to be in and are looking at who do I need to be right now right. to grow my business because I can't, I can't be the person that I was you know, in my quote, corporate gig and I can't be the person that is stuck. So what, what needs to shift in me so that I can so that I can move on to the next level of my, of my life and my business. And oftentimes that's around, um, you know, telling on yourself. Right. What am I good at? What do I suck at? Um, where do I need to improve? Where do I need to ask for help? Um, and those, all of those are often big obstacles because we're used to a different reality. Uh, so that's that's the fun work of digging um, I mean, deep. I mean, Grace, I've known you long enough, and I think we've had enough conversations to sense that you're a far more positive person than I am. I uh, I tend to you know see the 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 negative, the melancholy, the the cynical side, and yet you know I call, I call myself a hopeful cynic. So so I think all my <laughs> listeners would know that about me. But but do you think that that there's a I want to I want to kind of follow that line of thinking where we were you know that thread of what 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 is common about you know all CEOs are human so what's common about, is there um is there a sense with leaders and CEOs and entrepreneurs of of always seeing the opportunity um, that 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 they are positive people that uh, yes this is going to be a challenge but you know what it's a problem to be solved it's a it's a rung in the ladder to be climbed etc. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I was reading in a book recently, I can't remember which one now, the the writer talked about the concept of hope, and that hope is not actually an emotion, it's a mindset. Hmm. And so if you have a mindset around hope, when something happens, an event happens, your reaction to that event ends Mm -hmm. up being, oh, that's not possible, or I wonder how that could be possible, and how I can make the best out of this events that just happened upon me. So, you know, I do, I do believe that entrepreneurs and, and CEOs have a hope uh, mindset, and I, and I want to filter that with um, great CEOs 
have a hopeful mindset, excellent CEOs have a hopeful mindset with a touch of discernment. So as opposed to like outrageously optimistic um, with abandon, (laughs) I I would say um, outrageously optimistic and having a really good sense of filter and gut and instinct. Yeah. it sounds to, to me to like you're, you, I mean, if you're too optimistic, if you're too, I mean, you're just a flake at that point, aren't you? Yeah, it's like rose-colored glasses and blinders and all that, you know, and I, I, I've i seen that. I mean, I've yeah. experienced that. I, uh, I've i experienced it myself. You know, right. I had uh, a couple of years where I thought everything was awesome, and, <laughs> and, and there were times when it's like, oh, and I kind of really ignored certain parts of my life, so... Um, certainly from experience, uh, myself and I've seen with others, uh, the, the fully, um, outrageously optimistic, unfiltered way of living is, uh, is a dangerous one to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, would you say that all, and I'm, I don't know why I'm focusing on CEOs, but I mean, let's just talk about leader. Let's talk about, uh, you know, board, uh, board chair. Let's talk about camp counselor, you know, anybody mm-hmm. who's in some kind of a position that has uh, a certain amount, I suppose, of authority or uh, expectation of, of providing direction for folks and so on, strategy. Do you think all CEOs uh, or all leaders or entrepreneurs, do you think that that's sort of interchangeable? Hmm. Um, well, it's a good question. I think all CEOs uh, and leaders should be entrepreneurs. Right. And I don't think they all are. And I think that's, that, that's, therein lies the the struggle and the challenge. Um, a lot of the hired guns, CEO hired guns are there to do an administrative and management job, uh, from a corporate standpoint. So, um, they may be hired for that reason, but the expectation is for a visionary, for a strategic thinker, not as just a strategic planner. Uh, so I, I would say that that's where a lot of um, a lot of the opportunities are for growth uh, for CEOs who have been hired guns in an organization that want to develop their creativity, their um, their risk-taking, with discernment attitude, hmm. their ability to inspire and influence. Um, because my guess is the majority of them are really good uh, process leaders. Right. Um, very good at um, networking and um, and having uh, sort of state of the nation's uh, addresses yet much of it is focused on um, what's happening in an organization rather than what the vision is for the organization. What's going, so, what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and, and getting people excited and inspired yeah. and passionate about being on the same journey. Um, uh, I think a lot of uh, leaders talk about what has happened and don't talk a lot about what will happen. Right. And um, it's a different kind of conversation. So... Um, learning and practicing to think in the, the future space as opposed to the current space or the past space um, is uh, is an important 
is an important place to work on. I mean, are you sort of talking about the whole good to great thing here? You know, I remember uh, talking to a friend of mine who's actually the CEO of a fairly large tech company in, in uh, mm-hmm. Montreal, went to school with them. You know, never in a million years would any of us thought that this is what this guy would turn out to be. He's done very well, very successful, et cetera. And I remember him saying t- to me with respect to my own, um, you know, consulting company that I have so changed, he said, oh, David, you got to hire great people. You got to, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I laughed. I said, yeah, easy for you with a $40 million company. You can afford to hire great <laughs> people. A little tougher for me over here working in the nonprofit and, you know, the social responsibly, corporately uh, uh, attuned um, environment. It's a little tougher, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I was trying, I was mm-hmm. grace. I was really trying to remain positive. So, um, is that, though, what you're talking about here? You know, you got your good leaders. Who who maybe have entrepreneurial characteristics can you know can do the do the work of the uh, what was and not what's going to be you know so then you got your great ones who are visionaries strategic thinkers etc risk takers and so on. Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, Jim Collins's book "Good to Great" has sort of been a, a bible for for um, in, in my library and, and certainly uh, in those of, of many of my clients. Uh, absolutely. Being on, you know, he talks about being on the right seat of the bus in your organization, know your strengths, hire for your weaknesses, etc. Absolutely agree. Um, I, I also think that the opportunity for many CEOs right now is to uh, their own professional development. You know, they know their organizations. They know their industries. Like I... Uh, that's kind of a given, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they know themselves? Do they know their own potential? I think that's where the work lies. And I, um, you know, as you said earlier, I'm, I'm newly affiliated with uh, Tech Canada, which mm-hmm. stands for the Executive Committee. Yeah, and, and just appointed to the board. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so, you know, in, in relation to this question, yeah, too, yes. um, Tech is, uh, we've been around for almost 60 years now. Uh, we're in 16 countries around the world. We've affected over 70-something thousand lives of business leaders across the globe. And um, there are 55 chairs in Canada, and wow. I'm their newest chair. So I'm excited and honored to be part of that family. And our work is to um, help leaders create change within themselves so that they can create change in their yeah. communities, in their businesses, and in their home lives. So, right. um Oftentimes, we talk about um, helping visionaries take the blinders off. So, you know, sometimes we are, we are visionary uh, in a very small, uh, funneled way. Uh, and, and what tech provides through um, peer-to-peer advisory groups and, and one-on-one uh, coaching is a way to sort of let go of those blinders and allow the CEO to see right. more of what's possible, right. more of who they are, and be able to sort of step into those areas that may be uncomfortable but necessary for their own growth. So, um, you know, I'm excited to, to be part of that and excited in answer to your question to, to work in that realm of good to great. You know, we're not working with CEOs who've just, just started companies who are who are, um, you know, in that huge sort of uh, growth business development stage. We're looking really at working with seasoned entrepreneurs and leaders who have done good and want to do more good. <laughs> um, and uh, that's that kind of sweet spot that we're working with. 
Tell you know, I'm going to be a little self-serving here. I want I want to know. Um, do you think this kind of change, uh, good to great, goodness to greatness, <laughs> that should be as far. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talked about leaders being, you know, giving and having this apparent uh, attitude uh, around serving. I'm, I'm guessing serving others, Imagineers. I mean, you, you know, you got some wonderful stuff here. Do you think these types of steps forward for individuals, men and women and young people who are, you know, wanting to head this way, do you think it's incremental? I mean, that's, that's my um, mission is to talk about incremental change and how, you know, the splash and ripple effect in international development, how you can't measure that, how, you know, um, coming alongside a young man or woman in, a, in, a, in, a, in the majority world and, and building capacity is going to have a huge impact, and yet we don't know where, you know? Um, do, you, mm-hmm. do, you think, do you think that's kind of the work that you're doing with Daily Grace, with your, you know, as board chair now of tech? I mean, it sounds like it to me. You know, 70,000 leaders, you know, you've been planting seeds, right? Yeah, and for many years. So, yes, you know, absolutely part of the movement. And I totally agree it's incremental. I, you know, I think about Dan Pink's book, A Whole New Mind. I'm not sure if you're I, familiar I, with I, it. I don't know it, no. Oh, it's an awesome book. It um, okay? He talks about um, our movement from the industrial age to the conscious age and how this, this you know, gone are the days where we're just cogs on a wheel and um, that we're producing, producing, and looking at results where, where the production process of it is meaningless. And we are fully in the age now of consciousness where we are um, wanting to do work that matters and wanting to have meaning in, in each step of the way. And I think, um, you know, as, as you say, our social economy and our social um, awareness of what our footprints are, what our impact is, um, it is the language of now. Mm-hmm. So, nice. um, you know, even in the group that I'm building with Tech Canada, my, my stance and my stake for, for the group that I'm building are that I only want people to be part of this this advisory group, if they are up for showing up, leading big, and doing good. And <laughs> if they're great. not up for all three of those things, then they this is the not the hell out. Them. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, okay, so here's the thing. So we, we, mm-hmm. It sounds like you're excited about it. We got, we got to wrap up in a couple minutes. But, but I sure. think, and this is, was honestly going to be my question, but that's got to be the subtitle of your new book that's coming out in the near future, right? I've I've got a couple, a few in the making. So come we'll, on, we'll don't. See, that's we'll a see great. That is an awesome <laughs> subtitle. I don't know what the title is, but but I uh, I love I've I've always loved poetry and love the title of a poem that just pulls you in. You know. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so so are you working on something? I I am working. You know, the Daily Grace has really um, inspired me to to write on a continuous yeah, basis, so yeah. I, do, I do write every day, uh, and I have uh, I've seen the impact that it's making, so um, a book is coming. I have written one before, many years ago. Oh, okay, good. I, I understand the process and the commitment to it, so I'm, I'm looking at uh, carving out some time to, to write something else, but probably not in the very near future. Not in the very near future. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, uh, thanks for, we've almost chatted for a half an hour. We barely scratched the surface and uh, I've just, yeah, it's been a delight chatting with you. I hope, I hope we can talk again. Absolutely. At some thanks point. for having me on the show. Yeah, where's your, where's your, um, where's your blog? Where can we find it? 
It's the dailygrace.ca. Okay, so you've got a website? Yep. Dailygrace.ca, blog is there. Um, please uh, check it out. And once again, um, Grace, you've proven to me that there is way more going on than meets the eye. Um, <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me.